Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or swim, good alrighty. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. I've got good news, everyone. We're back. We can record again. We unfortunately had a bit of an incident last week where our hosting program got shut down because of the fraud issue that I was going through. That has been resolved. That has all finally been taken care of. There's a few little things that are still being determined. And that's going to go on for a few months, but um, everything's pretty much good. In addition, the early bird briefing is back. The first episode, which should have already aired by the time this airs, uh, talks a bit more about how everything went down between my bank and PayPal. And I, I told, I talked about as much as I can without revealing anything that is compromising. Instead, I'm going to talk about stuff that happened last week that I completely missed because of it. Good lord, did I miss a lot! Like, first starting off with the grand reveal of the GeForce RTX graphic cards. They are out, they are real, and... I do not like their design. At all. So, first things first, what are they? These are the brand new gaming graphic cards that are utilizing ray tracing. This allows light to be projected in a game more realistically and does away with the terrible shadows. It actually makes shadows that are much more accurate and much more real looking. So it's a huge advancement for graphic cards and for gaming. Here is what I start don't liking. All right? The prices are absurd. No joke. These prices for these graphic cards are absolutely insane. They start for the RTX 270 at five hundred dollars. The 280 at seven hundred dollars, and the two, and the twenty. I'm sorry, I said I said two seventy and two. The twenty seventy, the twenty eighty, and the twenty eighty Ti. The twenty eighty Ti is a thousand dollars. And, of course, the only ones that are available right now are the Founders Edition in pre-order variation. Now, there is also a super expensive Quadro RTX, but let's be honest, it's a Quadro card. It's going to be crazy expensive, and it's totally going to be for engineering. This is going to be for professional use, this is going to be for professional rendering, and pretty much the only people who are going to be buying a Quadro RTX, I think it says 8,000. The only people who are going to buy that are Hollywood video editors. And that's about it. 
engineering isn't going to take any advantage of ray tracing. Any sort of scientific research is more than likely not going to take advantage of ray tracing. It's pretty much special effects. That's it. Whoops. Now, the real question is, this huge price bump. Because we're talking... A $150 to, what, $400 price bump compared to the previous generation? Is this worth it? That's the real question. And at this point, the answer is, I don't know. Nobody knows. Early rumors are, that is not my right title, early rumors are saying that the RTX 280 will outperform the the GTX 1080, but only by about 30%. Is 30% performance increase worth $300 more? That's a tough sell. That really really is no matter how you look at it and what disappoints me the most is the actual design of the founders edition cards i loved the way the founders edition cards used a high powered blower and intentionally ventilated all the hot air out of the machine. I know twin and triple fans sucking air in and blasting it against the heatsink is more efficient and better for cooling, but that just puts the hot air back into the machine, and you've then got to add additional fans to compensate for that. Which is fine if you're building your own machine, it is very difficult if you're upgrading an existing machine. That starts getting a bit tricky. That gets difficult. Yeah, it's just not good. So the fact that these cards, and when I say these cards, I'm talking about the GeForce ones, are using twin fans pushing air against the heatsink and then having that hot air still ventilate into the case is very, very disappointing. It really is. And it also says something about how much efficiency there's going to be in these cards. The most recent NVIDIA cards have been amazingly efficient you go from the Fermi generation the 400 and 500 series to the Kepler generation the 600 and 700s to then Maxwell to then Pascal they sipped power to the point where even the 1080 can get away with only 150 watts. 
that looks to be gone. These are going to be power chugging cards. Here's my recommendation. Do not, under any circumstances, pre-order these cards. Period. Do not. Just don't do it. Do not order these cards once they're out until we see benchmarks. That has to happen. We need to see the benchmarks. We need to see how much better these cards are. And I am super curious as to what the power consumption is. All right. And the last thing I would wait for is what AMD's answer is. AMD is not going to let these cards launch and not have an answer to them themselves. And I am hoping, I am praying that AMD can be at least at least somewhat competitive and bring these prices down cuz this is insane. A thousand dollars for a non-professional card? Give me a break. That's insane. A thousand dollars is my budget. For a high-end rig. Like, that's that's actually, like, realistic. $1,000 for a gaming rig that isn't, like, enthusiast level of insane. But you're going to put the 2080 Ti at that level? What the heck are you going to put the Titan R at? Which is normally the enthusiast card. So yeah, if I haven't said enough yet, do not, under any circumstances, pre-order these cards. If you do, bad things will happen to you. Bad things will happen to your wallet. Bad things will happen. Just wait. Good things will happen if you wait. I guarantee it. Alright, let's shift gears radically and completely. Do you know that Netflix is testing ads for its original content? Yeah, you know, the service that launched on the sole basis of giving you content that you can binge watch and not have to worry about ads. Yeah, now you can watch ads with it in addition to paying a monthly fee, in addition to losing more and more content that seems to just go in and out like Archer. (laughs) Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I've always wanted to watch ads. (laughs) Why? All right. Now, in fairness to Netflix, the ads are just for their own content, trying to promote some more of their stuff. In fact, I'd say what? It, It seems like Netflix catalog is currently like almost a third original content. So part of me kind of gets why they're trying to promote their own stuff. Just go like, hey, we got this. We got this. We got this. Go watch this. We're the only ones that have it. Please love us. Please love us. 
So on one hand, I, I understand, but at the same time, come on. You're Netflix. We went to you, Netflix, because you didn't have ads. Because we could throw money at you and not get ads. That's why we go to Netflix over Hulu. Because Hulu will give us ads. Netflix will not. So I kind of feel for them, but at the other hand, no, stop it. You know what else should stop? Having ads, not having ads when you have Twitch Prime. So yeah, remember how um, Twitch Turbo was around and one of the key features of Twitch Turbo was that you could pay Twitch like $8 a month and not have to worry about ads anywhere on the entire site? And then remember how Twitch Prime came along after Amazon bought Twitch? And it's just like, wow, it's Turbo, but we also get free games and a free sub and some in-game loot we're never going to use. This is pretty swell. Twitch Prime will no longer make you immune to ads. I'm not going to lie, when I first heard that, I, my first thought was, well, that didn't last long. To be perfectly honest, think about how Twitch Prime works for a minute. You buy Amazon Prime... For, what is it, $120 a year? And that gets you access to a large, wide amount of features, including free shipping, access to Prime deals once a year, their Netflix streaming competitor, which I'm not going to lie, I've never used, and I actually should because isn't there like something around where I can like watch a video and get... Uh, like a certain amount of bits, or is that gone now? Up oh, there it is. Yeah, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Watch that get 400 bits. I'm on board for that. And then in addition to all that, you have Twitch Prime that you get for free along with that, which includes occasional free games, which admittedly... Twitch Prime or uh, Twitch is being given at a discount to give away. You get occasional deals for bits. And you get in game loot you never use. You get to ignore ads. But the content creators that still put out those ads still get revenue in some form. Nobody knows how much. And you get a free sub, which is a. To you, a $5 value, but to Twitch is a $2.50 minimum cost. So, I mean, there's a lot in there, and the fact that ad immunity is going away, to me, is not surprising. It's not. When you are a content creation company, you need to make your revenue somehow. 
ads is the primary way. And especially when you look at Twitch, and that the way they make their money is by gathering data about you, the viewer, and then sell you, the viewer, ads, is one of the primary sources. Twitch, of course, also makes money on subscriptions, in which any subscription that is not a prime subscription, they make at least, ha- or at most, half of the cost of that subscription in revenue. And then, of course, there's however much money they make on bits that are bought. It kind of makes sense that they'd get rid of the no ads. Increased revenue, because they do have to make sure they have to pay their developers who are working around the clock to repair everything that is wrong with Twitch. Which, doesn't it seem like more and more there are things going wrong with Twitch? It seems like every day, the Twitch support Twitter feed talks about some issue with the site. Every day, something's going wrong. Code staff, step your game up. Something's not stable. That needs to be looked into. This This is not good. Like, at all. Now, when this first got announced, my comment was that this was solely because of the cartoon marathons. I felt it was solely because of those marathons. And wouldn't you know it, later on, like a day later, Twitch announced the Pokemon Marathon. Surprise! Yeah, when you, when Twitch was actually doing the Yu-Gi-Oh! Marathon, they were putting a lot of ads in. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, they had to pay, they must have had to pay out some serious money to get the rights to do that Yu-Gi-Oh! Marathon. And I'm assuming that it's the same thing with the Pokemon one as well. Now, all of that being said, I am legitimately surprised how many people were outraged at at Twitch Prime no longer protecting you from ads. And I'd say outrage is a fair description of it. It seemed like it was an 80-20 issue. 80% being against the change, 20% being indifferent. I'm not even going to say for the change, because the change is actually very selfish to Twitch. The reason for it is to generate more revenue. And I'm not going to be one of the ones to immediately say, oh, that revenue's just for their own greed or whatnot. I'm pretty sure it's to actually pay for developers that know what they're doing because there is a serious coding problem within Twitch. And the fact that Twitch has so much competition now, Twitch needs to stay <laughs> on top here. They really, really do. On top of actually figuring out how to solve their discovery problem. 
Now, I will point out, a lot of people have been saying that you can still buy Twitch Turbo, but you have to go through the back channels and find the old Twitch Turbo page, which is not linked to any of the main pages within Twitch. I seriously doubt that that works. I have not tried to go through and buy Twitch Turbo myself. So I don't know if it works. I'm going to wait until the deadline passes in which Twitch Prime no longer protects you from ads. But one last important thing to keep in mind. Any Twitch streamer you're subscribed to, you still will not see ads on their stream. In addition, any Twitch streamer that says they do not play ads, you will still see an opening ad roll at the very beginning. And more than likely, you will see an ad on the side of their stream, I think. I'm not going to lie, it's been a while since I've seen ads on Twitch because I have Twitch Prime. The other elephant to address in the room is that Twitch claims this is to raise more revenue for the streamer. No, it's not. No, it absolutely has not. First off, Twitch affiliates like myself are not going to see a cent of this. Not a dime. The only ad revenue we receive is either A, from services like Loots, which I don't recommend, by the way. Don't do that. Or B, when people cheer with bits that they got from watching ads. That's it. Any ads that play on an affiliate stream, the affiliate receives nothing for those ads being played. In fact, the Twitch affiliate has no control on what ads are played on their stream. If they're through Twitch. They can add their own ad they can add their own sort of sponsored content or whatever that's their prerogative but that's it every partner i have talked to has never run mid rollers so them saying they're never going to run ads again is kind of an empty threat but a lot of streamers that are our partner are saying, yeah, I'm not going to run any additional ads. That's crazy. And very few ever do. The only ones that do are ones that are, well, not really streamers. They're just content players. They're like 24-7 things. Like we're showing this show, then that show, then the other thing. So, I understand where Twitch is going with this change. I think it's a bad change. I really do. I get why they're doing it. I still think it's bad. The main reason being, no one is going to see increased revenue. In fact, if anything, Twitch might actually see less revenue. 
because more and more people are actually threatening to cancel their Prime subscription over this. Although I think only 20% of them are actually going to do it. But what I am seeing more people do is threaten to enable ad block. So those opening mid-rollers you would have gotten, you're not going to get those either. You're going to see nothing. You're going to see zero ad revenue where you might have seen 10 cents before because more and more people are going to enable ad block. And to top this all off, to do this now, when Valve is trying to create a Twitch competitor, when Beam is getting traction, while Facebook is trying to create a competitor, while YouTube still has no idea what it's doing, is not a good move. And I think it's one that is going to result in less revenue rather than more. Now then, let's actually talk about Steam TV. This launched a couple of days ago. In fact, actually last week. Valve just decided we're going to broadcast our own Dota 2 tournament on Steam TV. And it's clearly like a beta test of a kind of Twitch competitor. It clearly is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The only thing that kind of makes you question it is the fact that it was only Dota 2. It does include features such as individualized chat rooms that you can create. You can fast forward, rewind, scrub along as or as a YouTube stream. There's a lot of potential there. But right now, it's not available to everyone. But it is a glimpse at showing that Valve is clearly out to compete against Twitch. And on that same note, Facebook GG is still out there. Facebook Gaming, of course, being the, as I said earlier, Facebook's attempt to compete with Twitch as well. I finally actually went and took a look at this. And I'm not going to lie, I am actually a little shocked at how low the numbers are. Their biggest streamer had only a thousand. That's it. One thousand. That's pretty embarrassing. And better yet, were the recommended games. Let's see if you can guess what they were. I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute. Guess what the top games recommended on Facebook gaming is. The top games, every time I checked. Uh, 
Unjust Man in the chat says, E.T., no. Clash of Clans. Clash Royale. Fortnite. And Mobile Legends were the top four every single time. They're all terrible mobile games. Three out of the four are cancerous. I don't know about Fortnite. I can't speak about Fortnite on mobile. Part of me just wants to try it just to say that I have and therefore can criticize it properly. Those other three... (laughs) Might as well just be scam games. Games that go, oh yeah, you can totally play this for free. And then the moment you want to do anything, you either have to wait forever for your thing to happen or pay up. Just 50 cents this time. Up oh, ten the next time. Up, up. Oh, I'm sorry. You need 3,000 gold gems today. Oh, that will be $15. Those numbers aren't completely accurate, but they're close. So, is that what Facebook wants to promote to the gaming community? The worst of the worst? I mean, Unjust Man in the chat is joking about, oh, they might as well recommend Superman 64. I would rather stream Superman 64 than any one of those four games. Fortnite, no one's going to watch. No one wants to watch yet another Fortnite streamer. There's tons of others who are great at the game. Go watch one of them. Clash of Clans, who wants to watch an actual scam happen in real time? Clash Royale, same sort of story. Mobile Legends, oh great, a prettier scam. Facebook and the way it acts is one of the worst websites out there as far as what it does, how it manages things, and tries to, and it dares, it dares to say that they have integrity. So what do they do? They compete with Twitch and back up the worst of the worst in all of gaming. The only thing, the only way that their list could have been worse is if they swapped out Fortnite for Player Unknown Battlegrounds, a game that quickly went from being a bug-filled mess to a bug-filled mess that promotes gambling. Let's shift gears drastically. How about that? Let's not let's not talk about uh, how terrible the gaming world can be. Oh, it's good water. Let's instead talk about how uh, Intel, for a brief moment, uh, accidentally put out a patch that says we ban benchmarking our CPUs before and after our microcode update.
so Intel released an update to a large amount of their processors that would, on the firmware level, protect against the two big exploits. That be Meltdown and Spectre. And there was another one that also protects against, but um, I never heard of it. Foreshadow, that's what it is. Here it is. But their terms of use for the license of that microcode said that benchmarking was not allowed. Uh, Turned out, according to Intel, they done goofed. This is not the case anymore. No one is certain at this point whether this was an intentional thing and then they and then Intel went and saved face, but the update is out and you can do benchmarks of the new CPUs before and after this code update. Here's going to be a spoiler for you. The performance is going to go down. There's no question about it. But the real question I have, though, what did they say? <laughs> that, what were they thinking when these end-user license agreements came out? I mean, that's pretty big to just blatantly ban and reject the ability to test your CPUs to see how well they perform. That's absolutely insane. Like, actually insane. But that part has been taken out, and everything is now kosher in the world of benchmarking. And it's also good news that there is a a microcode update to protect older CPUs. That is also big, big news. Now, in a completely different story, remember how long ago there was a theory that we were never going to get below 10 nanometers. That we can never make anything that small. Well, Huawei has created a 7 nanometer mobile chip. The nanometers, of course, referring to the scale in which the processor was made. The lower the nanometer, the more dense the components that make up the processor are. This is not saying that there is a 7 nanometer microchip. There is a microchip that is designed at a 7 nanometer scale. So yeah, everyone's still trying to say that that Intel's never going to get below the 10 nanometer level because of Moore's Law and blah, 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 blah. Someone did it. So please stop.
So congrats to Huawei for, as far as I'm aware, being the first to make a 7 nanometer anything. Uh, someone told me, I think it was Unjust, said earlier that AMD is planning on making a 7 nanometer GPU. I don't think anyone else has actually made a 7 nanometer anything before Huawei made this chip. But don't quote me on that. I'm not entirely certain. Alright, let's talk Apple. There's a lot of reports, a lot of leaks about the Apple iPhone announcement that is coming up in 10 days. September 12th. Is the date for the new iPhone announcement. And we could speculate forever. Are we going to see a new iWatch? Are we going to go see a brand new iPad? Are we going to see a headphone jack? Oh, please, can we see a headphone jack? Ooh, are we going to see a battery that isn't terrible? Are we going to see Apple reinvent the router? Are they going to invent an app? Are they going to invent a laptop that doesn't overheat and kill itself? Please, what are you going to reveal? We could speculate forever, but we don't have to. Because frickin' everything leaked! <laughs> like, just about everything that could possibly be in this announcement has already leaked out. So, first things first, we are expecting... New MacBooks, which I guarantee you are not going to be at a reasonable price, that are going to feature new Intel Whiskey Lake CPUs. Whiskey Lake is going to be the 8th generation Core M series processors. These are the processors that are around dual core, low clock speed, super low wattage. And will hopefully not suck. That's kind of been the history of all Core M chips. They suck. If you actually want to go ahead and use these chips to do anything productive that remotely resembles what an actual computer user would do, you're going to have a bad time. Th that's just th th that's just the truth. Now, there is no, unless one of my artic other articles have it. Let me actually quickly double check. Yeah, my other articles do not actually say whether the new MacBooks are actually going to allow their users to have more than one USB Type-C port. So, in fact, here's what I'm willing to predict. I'm willing to bet we're going to have new MacBooks... I'm willing to bet they are going to come in either gold, pink, or rose gold. If you want to pretend that that's a that's a color that makes you feel better. Classic aluminum, or gray, or dark gray, or space gray. And I'm willing to bet because... The M-series is usually a 5-watt CPU. There's not going to be a thermal problem. 
unlike the MacBook Pro. And I'm willing to bet there is still only going to be the headphone jack. Or maybe there won't be. Oh man, could you imagine if the new MacBook does not have a headphone jack? That there is just the one USB Type-C for either charging, storage, or 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 your audio out. Oh, Apple, I dare you. I dare you, Apple. Remove that headphone jack. Do it. (laughs) I mean, what would even be the point? I already dislike the MacBook. I have hated this design of the MacBook since it came out. It has always been hilariously slow... It has somehow always had bad battery life, despite the fact it uses a 5-watt processor, and that 85% of the internals is battery. It only has one USB, and it's a USB Type-C, which means that you've got to have a bouquet of dongles to convert your USB Type-C to anything useful. And all the RAM and all the storage is soldered on the motherboard. So if anything goes wrong with that board, you have lost everything. Zachary on Wii in the chat asks, what better, what's better, Chromebook or MacBook? You know what? I would rather just keep using... The, um, this plastic piece that came with my Nintendo Switch that the controllers are supposed to use, I would rather use this to do work than either of those two. They're both awful. Friends don't let friends buy MacBooks or Chromebooks. That should be a hashtag movement. So yeah, um, long story short, I have zero faith in the new MacBook. I have negative faith. Rabbit Amoeba also in the chat mentions, uh, you know, we could just put in wireless charging and then have no ports. Just use Wi-Fi to communicate with your external storage media. You could have a wireless dock with all your ports on it. It'd be revolutionary. Yeah, Apple, go do that. Let me know how all that works for you. Bloomberg is also reporting the new iPhone will come in three designs. One of which will be a cheaper iPhone X, which will have an LED LCD screen to cut down on cost, but still have... No home button and the infamous notch with a 3D sensing camera to scan your face for facial recognition and also to create horrifying emoji characters, which will haunt my nightmares forever and still do to this day. The horrors, the horrors of the animoji. 
And then the newer versions will have an upgraded processor, and there will be a version that will be a 6.5-inch screen, which will be the biggest iPhone to date. And of course, as always, there is no headphone jack. Because if there's one thing that Apple has proven in the last year, is that even if Apple makes a mistake, they will never, ever, 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 ever admit it was a mistake. The iPhone 4 and its terrible antenna and the fact they forgot a acrylic coating around the antenna, that was never a mistake. The butterfly keyboard was never a mistake, despite the fact that it's a keyboard that can die in three months of use with just house dust. The MacBook Pro 2018, never a mistake. Never. Removing the headphone jack and and pissing off your entire user base in that regard, it was not a mistake. It was courage. Complete courage. Putting a stupid notch at the top of your screen and take away some of your screen real estate, that was innovation. That wasn't a mistake. Although real talk for a minute... Probably the biggest travesty of the iPhone X was the fact that everyone copied them. That is literally the biggest travesty of the iPhone X. Everyone decided to put a notch in their phone. Everyone decided... To take off the corners and have them be rounded. To take away even more screen real estate. <sighs> At least those people who are copying the iPhone ten, most of them are still keeping a headphone jack. Neo Gunner ID in the chat says, "Honestly, I I bet they made a deal with Bluetooth with a Bluetooth headset dealer on that no no headphone jack BS." Oh, I agree. I said right off the bat when the iPhone eight was being no iPhone seven. I'm sorry when the iPhone seven was being rumored to not have a headphone jack. I said I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts. The reason they're removing the headphone jack is because they're making their own Bluetooth earbuds. Called it. The only thing I got wrong in that prediction was I said they were not going to include a lightning to headphone jack adapter with the phone. That they were going to sell that separately for 30 bucks. I was wrong. They included one, and it's only $10. In fact, actually, I got mine. Oh, crap. Where is it? It's somewhere. Whoops. And granted, I use a Bluetooth headset all the time. 
I didn't think the headphone jack missing was going to bother me. It does. It absolutely does. No joke. It bothers me a lot. Alright, so that's what we're expecting from the iPhone announcement. No real surprise there. The other thing that is being expected with that, though, is that we are going to see the return, according to 9to5Mac, of these new iPhone X phones coming out with gold color. Because that's what the world needed. We need gold aluminum phones. Actually, I'm pretty sure there are people who really do want that. Like, legitimately. But, will there also be rose gold? Will rose gold return to the iPhone X? We may never know. Uh, some people in the chat are asking about, do you think Apple will make a game console? They already did. I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. They already did. They tried to turn the Apple TV into an Apple game console. It's just that it also does Netflix and whatnot. And also the fact that it's all mobile games. You can only use your, like, trackpad controller thing as the controller. So, I mean, it's... There technically is an Apple game console, but but why? Why would you do that? Just don't. In a... In addition to that, we are also expecting to see an Apple Watch Series 4 reveal with a massive display, quote-unquote, where the screen is supposed to be all the way out to the edges, and uh, that's about it, as far as we know. It's probably also expected to have a better microphone, probably an upgraded speaker to a small degree. And that's about it, to be perfectly honest. I mean, honestly, the big update to the Apple Watch, the one that actually mattered, was last year. It really was. The fact that they made a deal to actually have the phone make calls on its own was a much bigger deal than the watch face actually consuming the entire screen. Wee. That was the only update that mattered. And even then, that's just... It's, it's just what it is. So, that is... Officially, all the Apple news.
those of you who don't care about Apple can come back in. You, you, you can come back in. We'll welcome you back. Okay? You're, you're welcome to come back as we talk about Lenovo's new ThinkPad X1 Extreme. Which is Lenovo's attempt to recreate the MacBook Pro 2018 and have it not suck. And I'm not going to lie, I trust Lenovo to actually make this not suck more than I trust Apple. So in case you forgot, the biggest problem that the MacBook Pro 2018 had was the fact that you that you could put in the highest end processor in it, but Apple designed the board so badly, not just the thermal solution, but the actual voltage regulation to the CPU, that was designed so badly that the CPU actually performs worse than MacBook Pros of the previous generation. Now, to Apple's credit, they did issue a software fix which just has the fans run faster so that the CPU thermal throttles less. But the faulty VRMs are still on the board, which will still shorten the lifespan of your machine. So it's just going to become a two to three thousand dollar paperweight that quickly. And currently there is no warranty policy about that. So if you were st- if you were a big enough sucker to get one of those 2018 MacBook Pros, use the heck out of it and try to kill it as quickly as possible if you cannot return it for a refund. If you kill it fast enough, you can get it fixed under warranty and you'd have a better chance of the machine lasting. Or sell it on eBay. Now, that all being said, we have Lenovo ThinkPad X1 Extreme that was just recently announced. This can take up to a Core i9 CPU that is 2.7 gigahertz of 6 core performance, 12 threads, with up to 64 gigabytes of RAM, take that Apple, and a GTX 1050 Ti, also take that Apple. A 15-inch laptop, and all of this weighing under 4 pounds. Now, considering the fact that this is pretty much a MacBook Pro clone, I do want to see its internal thermals. Now, a couple things I noticed right off the bat with this one. There is no numpad. There is absolutely no numerical pad. The ports on this, I see a headphone jack. Hmm, I'm trying to actually get a good picture at these ports. Actually, here we go. Headphone jack, Thunderbolt. Wait a minute, what is that? What port is that? 
Thunderbolt a proprietary Ethernet port, I think? There's some sort of proprietary port right next to the headphone jack. It looks like a small USB Type-C, but it's not. I don't know what that is. Next to that, we have an HDMI, two Thunderbolt 3.0 ports, your, your charging port. That is not the picture I wanted. The option for a smart card reader, this is a, a security card you can insert in and have that be your password. That's pretty common on most professional laptops. An SD card reader and two more full-sized USB, USB 3 ports. And all of this with its 180-degree hinge that Lenovo is... Well, not well. ThinkPad is infamous for chiclet-style keyboard, no numerical pad, pretty big trackpad. Now, everyone in the chat is asking. Actually, not everyone, but Neil Gunner in the chat is asking, "What did they skimp on?" If I had to guess, the biggest skimp is going to be the storage. I am willing to bet, even though I haven't seen a teardown of this yet, is that there is going to be maybe one M2 port in there. Which means probably at max, you're going to be able to only get two terabytes of internal storage. Granted, that's going to be two terabytes of crazy fast SSD storage but it's still only going to be 2 terabytes if I had to guess the article I have here doesn't say what the storage is going to be considering the fact that's the one thing they're not talking about on this I'd say that's a pretty safe bet that's what's being skimped on battery is also probably going to be pretty poor there is only an 80 hour watt, or I'm sorry 80 watt hour battery in there with a 135 watt charger The price starts at $1,860, available immediately. So yeah, not too surprising. Price is pretty high up there. 80 watt hour though. I'm guessing you're going to get real life, probably four hours of battery life tops. That's going to be it. Zachary in the chat asks, this is a work computer or a gaming computer? This is... All of the ThinkPads are targeted to be a work computer. But, but... Because you're using a normal GeForce GPU in there... Because you are using a standard Intel Core Series CPU, nothing in here is going to hurt you for gaming except for thermals. Thermals is going to be a big issue in this laptop, without a doubt. 
And again, I wouldn't, if any of you are opening your wallet right now, stop that. Stop, 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 close it, close it. Wait for the teardowns. Wait for the reviews from trusted sources. My biggest question is those thermals. You know, one terabyte of storage in a um, in a laptop like this, I can live with that. I can live with that. I want to know, does this thermal throttle? That's my first get. That's the first thing I want to know. You put all this guts in there. Is the heat going to be too much? That's the real question. In addition, Lenovo also announced one of the strangest laptops I've ever seen. A new yoga book, which this features an LCD where the normal screen is, and where the keyboard is, it instead features an e-ink display. I'm not going to lie. On paper, this is adorable. This is cute. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> you expect me to type on an e-ink display for hours? Oh, no. No. That's that second screen better do some very interesting stuff for anyone to convince me that that's a worthy buy in any way shape or form. We're actually going to cut things short a little bit. I want to talk about two more things. I'm going to save some of the Facebook stuff I have set on the side here for for next week. I want to talk for a minute about Acer teasing the stupidest idea I've seen in a while. Now, Acer is kind of starting to bring me around. Acer for the longest time, I have always looked to as the bottom of the barrel. They were the company that bought up Gateway, bought up eMachine, and produced the lowest quality components I'd ever seen on the used market. The moment that any Acer lot came available, I instantly passed. I never, ever, when I was refurbishing computers, ever bought an Acer. Because the one thing I see the most come in are Acers for faulty motherboards, dead screens that show no evidence of abuse, and for shot power supplies. Acer really just seemed to be the new e-machine. Now, people have been telling me, and granted, I admit, I am hearing this from a third party, that Acer has gotten better. That their quality has improved drastically. I don't know. I have not had a chance to long-term test anything from Acer. 
hey Acer, if you're if you're listening, uh, send me a few things. And I've seen Acer come up with some pretty out there ideas. Gaming machines with the keyboard pressed all the way to the front edge. The 21-inch mobile desktop that was called a laptop. And then there's this nonsense. A dual Intel Xeon-powered Predator X gaming computer. Oh, boy. Really? We're going to go with uh, a gaming desktop running dual Xeons. Now, The Verge is the one reporting to this, and some of this does not smell right. Okay? Now, multiple sources have confirmed that Acer is doing this. That the Predator X does exist, and it will in fact run two Xeon CPUs. But right off the bat, when I see the Verge report, but it's what's inside the Predator X that's far more interesting. Two Intel Xeon processors and up to 12 ECC... Oh, I'm sorry, it's ECC DIMMs. So that's six DIMMs per... CPU. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. I thought they said 12 gigs. That's my fault. So no, that actually is normal. 12 DIMMs for a dual Xeon system is not uncommon. That's 6 DIMMs per per socket. I'm actually kind of surprised it's not 16. Because all modern Xeons are quad channel. So you'd either have Four or eight dims per socket. So that'd be either eight or 16. Now, I don't know if they did something weird where it's eight for one CPU and four for the other. That actually raised a whole lot of other questions. And there are a lot, a lot of questions that have to be asked for this. I'm going to address the two that were asked in the chat by Neogunner. First off, cooling. Cooling, actually, for a system like this is not going to be that hard. You can air-cool Xeons pretty well, just for the fact that Xeons are designed to run cooler and be more about performance per watt rather than performance and overclocking. Xeons you can't overclock, and more than likely, this thing's going to use, like, twin six cores at, like, 3.4 gigahertz or something of that line. We actually don't know what the Xeons are inside yet. But, yeah. Uh, the second question is, how, how, the, how the heck is that going to work unhindered by OS? Windows 10, by its nature, will use up to two sockets natively. There are versions of Windows 10 that are designed for units with more sockets, but considering the fact that it's only two, Windows 10 professionals should run the two sockets by themselves, no problem, as long as they are not the highest-end Xeon sockets, which... If they are the highest-end Xeon sockets, 
you would need a special version of Windows 10 to do it, and they would suck for gaming. Straight up. The, like, 22 and 28 core Xeons are terrible for gaming, without a doubt. So they're more than likely going to use the smaller quad-core, 6-core, 8-core, 10-core Xeons. But this brings me to my main point. Why? Why would you do this? It makes no sense to make this system in 2018 and even 2019. If this was 2008 or 2009, that'd be another story. Where CPUs are just getting dual and quad cores, and games are just realizing how to use multiple cores really efficiently. That'd be one thing. This is 2018. The only time your CPU is the bottleneck is if you're on a MacBook. If you're on a low-end, ultra-low voltage processor. If you're on some super slim laptop where you have no power, you have no guts, you have no nothing. That's the only time you have a problem. If anything, being a dual socket Xeon system is actually a hindrance. Because games prefer higher clock speed over higher core count. That's why the Ryzen CPUs are having problems. Now, get out of here. Now, if these systems were running, I don't know, marketed as like standalone streaming systems where you can game and stream at the same time, no problem, that's a different story entirely. But again, we don't know how it's going to be. This is going to be something I'm going to keep an eye on just because I pretty much, for three years going, did nothing but buy off-lease workstations with dual-quad, six-core, and eight-core CPUs and turn them into gaming rigs. So I'm one of the best out there when it comes to saying, yeah, that CPU is what you want, that one you don't, this old CAD workstation would be great for gaming, that one's not, that's, on, that's only 22 gigahertz CPU cores, you're going to have to pull those two CPUs out of there and do something else, and that's way too expensive. Two grand for something like that, no, no go. Alright, let's get to our last story, the last burb, now that we're 12 minutes over time. The new Dota 2 announcer pack featuring Gabe Newell. First off, it's good to know that Lord Gabe is still alive. We've missed you ever since crushing our hopes and dreams by refusing to do anything with Half-Life 3. But you know what the best part about this 
this Dota voice pack is? You know what the best part is? He does not say triple kill. When you get a triple kill, he says you have gotten a kill that is greater than two but less than four. (laughs) Oh, Gabe. At least we know that even in his hiding of not producing any Half-Life, he can still make fun of himself just as well as anyone else. That is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you for listening. And do be sure to check out our early morning podcast, the early Burb Briefing, that's B-I-R-B, now available on iTunes, on Google, and I'm super proud to say they are now on iHeartRadio as well. That's like a badge of honor in the podcasting world. Take care. We'll see you next week. If you have any questions, email me at eaglefalcontech at gmail.com. Bye-bye.